that's the idea. I need somebody to do the grunt level stuff mm-hmm. so that my life's better. That is that's the basic thing of a militia, guys. I'm going to be the warlord. <laughs> the You're going to dig the latrines. You're going to split <laughs> the wood. I'm going to eat the steak because it's my property. And when the bad guys come, you die first. I will send you out first. That I, is the mindset. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna do. I, I, uh, I can fully recognize that mindset because I see it every night uh-huh. that I turn on the news. Yeah, you're gonna which do is the no more anymore shift. because I can't deal with that mindset. I right. do not want to deal with the U.S. government, mm-hmm. the Ukrainian government, the Russian government, or any of them. I cannot deal with them anymore. But we've always been at war with Russia, right? Or, or wait, was it Ukraine? <laughs> I've always been at war with my own soul, but right. <laughs> they switch it, yeah, to keep me distracted. Mm-hmm. Because my job is to dig latrines, split mm. the wood, and let them eat caviar, and die first. Welcome to Thriving the Future podcast, where we're finding positive solutions to thrive in the tough times ahead. So this week, Perpend is back in town, so we're going to talk about community, worldview, and mindset. So so give us an update. How's your your quest, or is it a struggle for intentional community going? I think it's a quest, and I don't know that I'm succeeding in finding intentional community. Hmm. Okay, why? Because I think the intention for... Orthodox Christian Christianity be a community is so old that it's just what is done now. It's no longer an intentional action in the moment, right? It just to, is being. Right. It is mm-hmm. doing. It is being community. Right. And I guess if there's an intentional part, it's new people coming in, their intention to be a part of that community, not a group of people getting together with the intention of forming a community. Okay, so but that's not necessarily the way that all of them are, um, you know. So so describe so, 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 so some describe what, what the commu- community is like. Some parishes are closer, tighter knit, and more involved in each other's lives than others, right? Mm-hmm. The one that I am involved with is very, very close knit. Okay, I mean, so how's your life changed? So you moved over to Kansas City. I'm yeah, kind of half in the process of still moving, but yeah. Right. Um, What's a day so in the life look like now? So we know what life, it used to look day, like. Day in the life now looks like you uh, still get up, do morning prayers, right? Right. Or my morning prayer time. Um, but uh, if it is Tuesday through Thursday, there's a 6 a.m. matins, mm-hmm. except on Wednesday. Where there's a nine a or yeah Wednesday there's a nine a.m. liturgy so that moves that back and there's a six p.m. vespers on all those days. Sure. So um, morning and and evening services, right? Right. And then on Monday there's a morning liturgy at six a.m. instead mm-hmm. of matins. Right. Um, there is no evening vespers. Mm-hmm. Um, so what's so, uh, so, so, what's so, different so, 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 from so, a community standpoint? So that looks like. You go to whatever the morning service is, if there's sure. a morning service, mm-hmm. and that's where I find out what I'm doing for the day. Really? I go to service. Service is over. You're in the kitchen. 
you're getting coffee if there is coffee, you're making coffee, maybe you're making some tea, you're catching up with the people that were there, you know, you're no longer in the day where, you know, service happens, we're in okay. more of a community area. And it's who needs help with what and what's going on. Mm-hmm. So, and sometimes that happens with text messages back and forth the night before or whatever, but somewhere in there, my day starts forming. Okay. And it could change at any time during the day. But I've done things like um, the guy that we're renting the house from needed help building on his chicken coop. So I went over and did that. He was having real trouble figuring out how to design the door to go on the chicken coop mm-hmm. for the area where the chickens so you can open and clean out. Sure. So I suggested a way to do that. I helped do that. You know, I helped, you know, fence that in for the chicken run. I did that. Another day, uh, the day before I got a message, would you be available to help move a chicken coop in the evening? And these are all in town, right? These are all in town, yeah. yeah. And then so it was like, well, uh, yeah, I'm free to do that. And then it was like, well, to get everybody together, we need to move the time in the day. And so that happened, right? But that happens on the day as it's going, right? So True. you move the chicken coop, you get it on the trailer, you take that to where it's going, you park the trailer, and everybody goes to Vespers. Okay. And then you were saying then, that, every yeah, every time I talk to you by by telegram you're like going to a birthday party or, <laughs> or something yeah, i'm like there, there, there's a group of guys and wow. there's a evening meal once a week together sure there is all the meals after services and coffee hours and all that there you know last couple of weeks there was um, a feast so there were extra services here or there or <laughs> things which led to other coffee hours and yeah i'm all over the place right all the yeah, time, like with a the social same butterfly by uh, by comparison to usual. So, so some people see it that way. I see it as family context has changed. Mm-hmm. I was living over towards Lawrence. My sister was in nursing school. Her daughter came over, and I homeschooled with her two to three days a week. Right. Right. I went to the park. I did you know whatever those things were, the field trips and all. So this to me is more the changing of the context of family, extended family, cousins, brothers, sisters, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because so, your context so, so, of community in our previous episodes has been pseudo-family, right? Right. So you went to the monastery, right? Yeah. And then so are you, you're sort of like living the pseudo-monastery life, right? Right. No, orthodoxy has that no matter what your position is, that you are living a life of prayer. Yeah. Repentance and those things, right? Mm -hmm. So that's happening no matter what. Monasticism is probably the end goal for me. Or the end destination. Goal is the wrong word, right? right? right, right, More more than likely, I will end up as a monk in a monastery. Okay. Part of that is I need to be more steeped in the tradition of the church Mm -hmm. so that I understand... And have lived the life, right? That's part of moving, right? I need to move to be closer to the parish. Right. So that I can get deeply involved. Mm-hmm. This parish resonates with me. Sure. Some people don't want to, and even some people in that parish are not that involved. Right. But this one has the option to be that involved. And that's what I've kind of wanted, right? It was a close-knit, village-like, family experience but yeah. the only thing i don't have going for me at this point is the church is not in walking distance mm-hmm. it's three miles 
it is walking distance so you factor in the territory you have to walk through to get there being in the inner city you know this time of year it starts getting a little cold to walk three miles to and from at 6 a.m 6 a.m nobody's out there but in the evening would be well, 5 30 it gets interesting around here. it yeah. starts getting interesting yeah the sun goes down yeah it's a fun place interesting okay so but it is that close-knit neighborhood community where people are always involved in their lives and you're getting invited to dinner and you're getting invited to lunch and you're going here and you're going there you're having coffee you're having breakfast you're there's always something going on to celebrate and and the 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 tradition provides the context for that right and the moving flow of that and in this case we don't have to create it from scratch because it's there yeah if you're an intentional community trying to form now you have to form all that yeah, so one of the things I'm reading that that one book that we read, okay. creating a life together. That's it, and it's about intentional community. And they mm, warn, yeah. they warn right up up front about worldview and coming to an agreement that you're on the same page, and then a bunch of legal stuff because everybody gets into something, and then they start arguing about who's making the decisions. Who's really owning it? Who's taking care of the money? Sorry, I'm transitioning over to the worldview topic. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, uh, I get it. Yeah. So we were talking a little bit about that. What's the difference between worldview and, and mindset? I like the way you've defined it because I've tried to come up with a definition before this, but you you said that worldview is how you see the world. Uh-huh. The mindset is the frame of mind you've adopted to take care of the current to to operate currently in the world sure i've kind of extended that off in our discussion with worldview is kind of like your talos right it is your reason of being the end picture of how things work Mm -hmm. it's how you yeah literally is how you view the world telos t-e-l-o-s right right and uh it's how you view the world your mindset is i'm raising chickens mm mm-hmm and what is the frame of mind that I need to have that keeps my Talos in view? Yeah. And does chickens. Right. Not works on cars. Sure. Or entrepreneurial mindset. The right. we've talked we've talked a lot about mindset and, you know, basically it's all about the mindset and how you and how you use those tools to engage in your life. But if you don't have the same or a similar worldview, then you're eventually going to, as we saw in that book, you're going to grade on each other eventually, right? Your, your community is going to grade on each other any way you do it. Mm-hmm. Without a common worldview, you have nothing to resolve the grinding against each other or to make the grinding against each other worth going through. Hmm. Okay. There is so. no re- there's no way to resolve the conflict. Right. Inside the Orthodox, Eastern Orthodox Church, mm-hmm. there is a clear way of settling any dispute. Right. Mm-hmm. We're not, we go in there, but that's like three, four podcasts, right? And yeah. we need to really talk to somebody else because that's one of the things I'm learning by living the life and being a part of the parish, right? Yeah, yeah. How to do that, how to understand it. But those conflicts, the conflict resolution is taken care of. There is mm-hmm. a system. Yeah. If you're forming a new intentional community, you have to do that, but you also have to keep the motivation 
for being a community and going through those hard times, those arguments, those disputes, this person's annoying moments to keep the community together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, eventually you're going to get to that point where the scale is tipping too far and you start going, yeah, do I really want to be part of this? Or we need to kick this guy out or something like that. My favorite story about this to illustrate the point is we used to be part of a larger group in Kansas City. And kind of at, more of a regional group. Yeah, 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 regional, yeah. And then during the tailing end of COVID land, the local militia dudes decided to crash our Telegram group. Somebody gave them the link and they crashed our Telegram group. And they were saying that, hey, we're looking for recruits. And the leader was saying that he was looking for somebody that to watch his back in his prepper compound. So it was it was hilarious. I mean, so these are not like redneck militia dudes. These they're at the gun show and they're like organized, right? I could go well, on. What about, you're describing is a conflict of worldview, right? So between I, you, them, and right. other members of the other group. So then yeah. we started asking them questions like this, like what kind of stuff do you value? Because, hey, all they wanted to do, and we've talked about this before, is they wanted to insulate and be part of, you know, the prepper compound. Mm -hmm. And if you weren't going to watch his back in the prepper compound land, then, then he had no use for you, right? So we started asking questions about community pretty much like we've done in some of the early episodes of the podcast. And it, it eventually got to the point where the, the guys left and they said, and this is my favorite quote of all time, you guys are not freedom fighters, you're farmers. And he wiped his feet of us and went on. And, and when you have hilarious. that conflict of worldview, you don't see the problem as the same either. Yeah. And you see me as suddenly being social. You see me as having some, and not just you, I've had other people go, I don't know who you are anymore. Mm-hmm. But to me, it's not a change of worldview. Right. It's a change of mindset. Hmm. Okay. I started trying to build this homestead. Sure. Because I can see the world was falling apart. This is way pre-COVID, right? right? Mm-hmm. The, the world was going to fall apart at some point, And the best thing I could do is position my family, not just the immediate people that live here, but my extent, you know, my older brothers and sisters my nieces, my nephews, cousins needed a place to be able to fall back to and to eat. Right. So that was a mindset. How do we solve this problem? Homesteading is the answer to that. Mm-hmm. Problem is no one else in the family wants to do any of that except eat <laughs> and survive. Before I had heard people say that three acres is a lot and you can't manage three acres on your own. And so I was like, well, you know, I think I can do it. But eight acres has taught me that I do not want to do that. I can't. It takes more than one person. It takes more than three people. It's a lot of work and you sure. can't get to everything. Yeah. And we, you know. And when, and when people don't have the same mindset or worldview as you do in that, my family, it becomes even harder because in a lot of type cases, you end up fighting priorities because mm-hmm. there are expectations and priorities that they have that don't line up with the priorities of what you're trying to do. 
Right. So things like fencing never get put up. Mm-hmm. Or even composting toilet. Why would right. you want? Why, why would you, you want to do, do that? that? That's disgusting. Right. It it's over and over and over the whole you know, thing. Right? Wait, wait until I use Shudra's humanure to put in a hole when I plant a tree. My wife will go. Oh, why you gotta? I'm not eating any fruit from that tree ever. Yeah, she already. You, did. you poisoned the whole land. Yes, yeah, I she already it. has a problem when I go and uh, pee on the tree, and I'm like, <laughs> dog does it too. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> the horse don't pee in the past. I'm sorry. Yeah, exactly. Um, right. Changing the subject. I'm yeah. Get so much trouble. I put. We should probably manure. cut that out. If she listens no, to this, we should cut she, that out. She doesn't listen to it. But okay. I mean, I put horse manure around the tree. How's that any different? Are you calling me unclean? No. <laughs> We're so dead. Um, so, you know, homesteading oh. is the mindset. I can just as easily make that monasticism, mm-hmm. and my care for family becomes prayer for my family. My focus becomes more taking care of my soul hmm. and a lot of monasticism they do gardening and farming right sure inside this parish there are a lot of people that have backyard chickens mm-hmm. gardens and other things so those skills and tools do not disappear would it just shifts a little bit right from urban to rural but i get that little neighborhood that i think is more essential to survive what's coming than anything. Right. And it's not a watch your back thing. It is you need people that you can work with and are going the same direction because what is coming is a continuing division and complication of worldview for people. Right. And so if you can have people where you already agree with the worldview, then you can move forward. And finding... Orthodox Christianity, I have found something that articulates my worldview better than I could, right? Mm -hmm. I had the dots. I had some of them connected, but I didn't see the way they related to other ones, right? Sure. And somebody's like, well, this is how they relate. But not only that, it is so old that here is a language in which to frame this. Here is a language to discuss that. Here is a language to explore it. Here are thousands of years worth of books written on it that express it. Right. And so it's like, yes, I, this is clarifying the murky parts for me that I couldn't figure out on my own. And it already lines up with my view of the world. Mm-hmm. So. so how strict should you be? Say you're not in a Orthodox community and you're not quite as homogeneous as that. How strict should you be on worldview? Where do you draw the line? And how do you figure out what the line is so that you don't get to the point where all of a sudden you have a conflict and everybody goes. Now, that's part of my question, mm-hmm. and then uh, and then I'll follow it up with a follow-up question. So if I understand your question, you're saying how close in proximity does my world be have to be to your worldview for us to get along? Right. Now I'm going to say that kind of depends on your worldview. But okay. we can answer this in another way. Mm-hmm. If you are going to be an individual in the world looking for a community, which is an individual looking for a group to belong to, sure, you're at the extreme end of individual versus belonging. 
so you need to adopt a complete anarchist mindset and not a political sense hmm. in a true anarchist mindset that you are this one person moving through the world who has this goal to survive as a human body flesh being hmm. and a spiritual being okay and everyone else is somebody that you need to either make an ally with an alliance with or avoid hmm. to continue to survive bodily that's... You can get in conflict after conflict after conflict, but that's a very short life. Sure. I understand where you're going, but I wouldn't have expected you to say it like that with, uh, you know, because basically that sounds like you've got to be a mercenary. Yeah. You know. You've got no one, right? Mm-hmm. So at that point, you start making alliances, right? Right. As you make those alliances, you kind of start to build a community. Sure. That's where you're starting. Mm-hmm as an intentional community that so you have to do all those conflict resolutions you have to have a complete honest view of the world you're in real trouble you need at least one really really good alliance yeah because you cannot see the world yourself sure truly you need okay. somebody else's opinion to say this is the way you see this situation this is the way i see this situation this is where we overlap we know that part is closer to true Venn diagram. Yep. And then you had a third person, a fourth person, a fifth person, a sixth person, that overlapping of, no, that's an elephant. You're looking at the tail. You're looking at the trunk. Hmm. Right? Starts to come into play. Mm-hmm. That's what you're looking at. So if you are going to get a community out of that that works together, you need to have a common goal. You have to have a common way of resolving truth reality and conflict you also need what is the conflict or problem you're coming against and that's going to change with each person you enter you introduce we, we we've gone through this recently in sure. the small group conversation and we're seeing it play out in some wider stuff where some people see philosophy as a battle of wits hmm. and i got you and debate other people see philosophy as a way for me and you to have a conversation mm-hmm. to correct our worldviews where they are wrong or to understand the reality of the universe around us. Sure. The purpose of life or to even come to some idea of what really happened in an event. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have a bank robbery and three witnesses. You have four stories is what happened. I don't want to be surrounded with the people from Twitter who are just arguing for the sake of arguing. I want, you know, I'm not going to have a conversation with somebody unless we're actually interested. We have mutual respect and then we have a a desire to understand the other person. Right. You know, and one of the problems is is that like that uh, narcissism quote that I that I sent, right? That people have put their opinion as so much a part of their identity that they can't separate their opinion from their identity and then they take it personally when you disagree even slightly with their opinion and you can never arrive at any other truth at that point because you're just you know you're barking up a wrong tree because everybody's seeing their identity you're, you're battling ego right If I were to restate what you said, you were looking for 
honest philosophical conversations, which I'll define in a moment, mm-hmm. with humble people, not people operating in ego. Yeah, not not making it a. I mean, debates are fun, but at the same time, it's like if we're going to have something that deep, then if we're just debating, so you can do gotcha. That's and, 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 we're not going to get I, anywhere. I think. I think. And see, that 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 makes me really frustrated because a debate was never supposed to be that correct but because the way our educational system has evolved Mm -hmm. our political system has evolved right and other stuff debate has become a game of gotcha gotcha right instead of being like we talked about the other day you had grammar that builds to logic that builds to rhetoric Mm -hmm. people are skipping the grammar and the logic and jumping to rhetoric to play got you and state their opinions. And because we're not using the lower level tools to test. See, so if you you give me rhetoric, then what I should do is then use logic to test your rhetoric to mm-hmm. see if it works and use grammar to prove where you made a, fa- a fatal presumption or assumption. Sure. People yeah. are not doing that. They're saying, this is my rhetoric. This is your rhetoric. This is this person's rhetoric. And they are all equal. Mm-hmm. All truth is relative. All opinions are relative. So they're all true. And so they jump from rhetorical position to rhetorical position, rhetorical position, like they're jumping from multiverse to multiverse to multiverse <laughs> in some reality <laughs> thing. <laughs> Yeah. Where Donald Duck is a duck that is blue in this one and he's red in this one and he's sure. white in this one and they're just jumping all around. And if you are trying to have an honest, humble conversation, you're trying to use logic to start picking apart their argument. Well, this is inconsistent. And they now jump to a world where Donald Duck is blue. Mm-hmm. And it keeps shifting and the target shifts and shifts and shifts and you get nowhere. And they go, wasn't that fun? Yeah. That is the classic definition of the dim age. People do not know how to think. They do not know how to say, is this position logical? Is it consistent? Right. Does it meet my worldview? Does it meet this person's worldview? Right. My worldview is wrong mm-hmm. because I'm an individual looking at the world. Mm-hmm. I need a community of people who look at the world and help me correct that through our observations. That's a trunk. That's a tail. That's a leg. That's an eye. This is an elephant. Sure. And you do that by grammar and logic. But Mm -hmm. everybody's skipping that and just having this in debate. And you got the exact same thing with most of the intentional communities forming. COVID is a problem. People telling us what to do is a problem. Yep. The the nap. Let's let's institute the nap. We can all get together with the nap. (laughs) nap. But these are all things that are stating what you cannot do or will not do or will not have. There Mm -hmm. is no we will do. And then there is nothing bigger or more important that keeps the group together through the hard times. That's true. And when you have a society that's going the way it's going right now, purposely to have constant tests and constant statements of faith that you have to make to keep your job, we're not exaggerating here, to keep your job to... All those are tests. And, and Let's put it this way. Why can I not get rid of my cell phone like I want to? Well, there's several reasons, but okay. Well, let's, get, let's start listening. The biggest one, 
two-factor authentication to me is the biggest one. Right. If I don't have my phone, I cannot use a two-factor authentication to get my money out of the bank. Mm-hmm. I can't even use it to log into work because it's tied to the phone right. with two-factor authentication. But, but, but we're just going to keep it simpler, right? Sure. I am not working, but I have money in the bank. I need two-factor authentication to do that. Yeah, to get in the bank, yeah. If I want electricity from the power company, I have to have email. Mm-hmm. Because I have to be able to log in, do two-factor authentication, and pay my bill. Sure. Because there are fewer and fewer ways that you can pay in cash. Mm-hmm. This is the way the world is going. It is going very, very fast, and Correct. it's going more. I cannot get rid of the phone because of that. Mm-hmm. Technically, I could, but my life becomes very, very hard. A story right along those lines is my wife doesn't use a smartphone. She uses a flip phone. Mm-hmm. She doesn't text. Mm-hmm. She, for the most part, doesn't have any problem with two-factor authentication, except you know on a couple of accounts she has. Uh, my cell phone company carrier decided that I needed to upgrade to unlimited because I needed a hotspot for work. It wanted me to force me to force her onto a data plan. She mm-hmm. doesn't need a data plan. And even if you have a flip phone, it's still a data plan and it's a lot of, you know, a ridiculous amount of data. So I'm like, don't you have just a regular flip phone plan? And they don't. Another thing to take keep in mind here, we talked about where's the dividing line, right, of worldview. Mm-hmm. And, and the thing is, is one of the things that people can't understand is that there's ebb and flow as well. So you have different levels of worldview testing based on those concentric circles and how right. close they are to you. The guy at the farmer's market, I'm not making intentional community with him where we're living close to each other like you're talking about but he's we've got a outer circle of community right so my test or whatever not that i test everybody don't misunderstand but my threshold for where his or my worldview collide it's not if if we go back if we go back to that anarchist mindset i talked about a few minutes ago Mm -hmm. right for me to live on the same property with you, mm-hmm. we have to have a much closer worldview. Yeah. Whereas the guy at the farmer's market, I just need him to not want to spray with pesticides. Sure. I need him to not want to lie to me. Mm-hmm. I need him to produce a good product. I don't care if he's doing it because he thinks global climate change is real. He thinks the food tastes better or that, right? I can have my opinions on that. He can have his opinions on that. Right. He can vote for Zelensky, and I can vote for Putin. Because <laughs> we've always been at war with Ukraine. Um, we've always been at war with Ukraine. That relationship doesn't require that we agree on a lot. It just requires that the money I have, he's willing to take, and the food he grew mm-hmm. is within my standards. But for you and I to live on the same property... We not only have to agree that we're not going to spray with glyphosate, that we're going to grow this way. We need to agree that we're going to grow apples and chestnuts and tomatoes, not wheat, soybeans, and millet. So that's my opinion. We can't quite live on the same property unless you've got a lot of it Mm -hmm. or I've got a lot of it, right? 
And then if we are going to do that, right, we have to cooperate on where those trees are going versus where the cropland is going uh-huh. and what the spacing is right. and whether tractors are allowed, right? So the closer you're living, the more that world you has to be closer. Mm-hmm. And what I am missing, was missing in my life, is that close inner group of people that agree enough that as the world goes through the tough times ahead... I can navigate it as something other than the completely independent anarchist guy building every relationship and keeping it at the level of the guy at the farmer's market or the guy that lives in Lawrence who believes everything the government tells them, takes every safety precaution ever, and wants to force me to just because I live 30 miles from him. Yeah, or the militia guy who is just looking for somebody to trade with or watch his back. Or split his wood so that he can sit back and drink coffee and not have to. (laughs) I'm making a (laughs) perplexed face on that one. Yeah, well, we aren't going to get to that point with that guy. But yeah. But but, but that's the idea. I need somebody to do the grunt level stuff Mm -hmm. so that my life's better. That's the basic thing of a militia, guys. I'm going to be the warlord. (laughs) You're going to dig the latrines. You're going to split the wood. (laughs) I'm going to eat the steak because it's my property. And when the bad guys come, you die first. I will send you out first. Yeah, yeah, we've yeah. That is the mindset. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna do. I, I, uh, I can fully recognize that mindset because I see it every night. Uh-huh. That I turn on the news. Yeah, you're gonna which do is the no more anymore shift. because I can't deal with that mindset. I right. do not want to deal with the U.S. government, mm-hmm. the Ukrainian government, the Russian government, or any of them. I cannot deal with them anymore. But we've always been at war with Russia. Right. Or, or wait, was it Greek Ukraine? <laughs> We've always been at war with the US. Ooh, okay. Yeah. I've always been at war with my own soul, but that's okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> they switch it. Yeah. To keep me distracted. Mm-hmm. Because my job is to dig latrines, split mm. the wood, and let them eat caviar. And die first. Solution, what is the problem? How to you so, need to define your own worldview. Ah, there we go. Okay. You need to define how you want to operate in the world. Mm-hmm. And if you don't know, you need to go back to the first episodes of this show where we told you how to determine what you value, what's important to you, to define your problem, to get past your imposter syndrome, to so. how, all that stuff, right? All that stuff is the stuff that you need to do so that you become conscious of your worldview so that you can go meet people that think close enough to you so that you can build that inner circle Mm -hmm. so that your outer circle is worthwhile so that you can put the U.S. government, Russia, and Ukraine clear out here in, well, they're not sending off any nukes within 3,000 miles of me so it doesn't affect today. Today. (laughs) Doesn't affect my life immediately. Right. So it's... Barely in my sphere of concern. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. But if you're that individual out there and the whole world is at that level from you, mm-hmm. everything is in your sphere of concern all the time and you will become an ang- anxious, sure. paranoid, probably eventually schizophrenic individual. Yep. Circle of influence, circle of control. and Yeah, and that's the key that a lot of people don't talk about is not only do you have a circle of influence and control... But how much of someone else's circle of influence and control are you allowing yourself to be motivated, directed, directed, influenced by? 
So they've got a circle of influence. Are you part of that circle of influence or are you turning the crap off? Right. But if you're that individual out there where you've got to watch the whole world all the time. Right. You're stuck. Yeah, and we've had and this if, if you've lots got the, of times. And the closer your worldview is, yeah. the bigger that circle of influence gets. Yeah. We've had that several times where I've said, hey, did you see what happened? And you're like, no. No. So. Yeah. I know about a lot of stuff because of you. <laughs> Thanks a lot. I know a lot about, I know a lot about other stuff from different people. Yeah, yeah. I'm not, I'm not like that kind of a person, but okay. By the time you're telling me about it, the whole rest of the world is known for two weeks. Oh, okay. Right? Right. I mean, let's get real. I, yeah. I am the last to know mm-hmm. in most cases. And by the time you're telling me, you're a great filter for all of them for mm-hmm. me. I've been getting a lot of mileage out of fasting, social media. Mm-hmm. It's good for the soul. Yeah. You know, including for the body. it on fast days. Instead of just doing certain kinds of food or certain kinds of behavior, but also fasting social media. And I started realizing that, wow, my attitude today is different, right? We talked about, mm-hmm. are you using Twitter or is Twitter using you? The idol in the temple of Twitter, which is hilarious because people still don't get that. That they are the idol in the temple of Twitter? No, they see it. As soon as they see that or they start thinking along that, they go, oh, this is religious analogy. I don't get it. Oh, I don't agree. Well, why are you being religious? And then all of a sudden, and then people go, I don't get it. They don't get that they're worshiping themselves. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I mean, it. yeah. So are you using Twitter or Facebook or social media or anything, or is it using you? Most people, it's using them. But hey, Elon will make it better. Yeah, just like we said in the Temple of Twitter. I mean, basically, it is made, both Facebook, Twitter, whatever else, is made. It's made to keep you incensed about things and coming back for more and liking and tweeting and sharing and retweeting. It's meant to keep you passive and locked into your passions. Yeah. Yeah, I like what I like what you said. So that you can be the person digging the latrine and the person that goes out to die first. Mm-hmm. That's the way I'm viewed by a lot of people. Yep. That's not how I'm viewed by anybody that's anywhere near close to my sphere of influence. Sure. A lot of them are under a lot of stress right now. Mm-hmm. Because I'm changing my life. Mm-hmm. That stressed them out. That they are going through grief. They're going through panic. It hurts them. It hurts me to watch it. I don't like the assumption that it means that I never want to see them again or I don't care. Hmm. But that's an emotional response. Right. And it will settle out over time. Hopefully to the positive. Because I do care. And I do want to see this group succeed. But the purpose of this group that we formed was so that we could all find our inner core group right. to help each other do it. Mm-hmm. And I think it's happening. The group is going to change as that happens. But I think all of us will be in a better place. I think we got through the pandemic much saner because of this group. Sure. 
and I think it will always be a significant part of our lives. Yeah. And one of those moments we look back on and are glad and blessed that it happened. And don't be surprised if your community changes. It's natural. I think we all learned a lot of skills that will help us build the rest of our lives. Yep, skills over stuff. Thank you for listening to the Thrive in the Future podcast. If you like what you hear, click that subscribe or follow button on your favorite podcast app. Also, check us out at thriveinthefuture.com and join our conversation on Twitter at thriveinthefute or join our Telegram channel. Simply go to the Thrive in the Future website. On the right sidebar, there's a link to the Telegram channel. This episode was produced by Scott Miller, copyright 2022, thriveinthefuture.com. Next time on Thrive in the Future podcast. Mike from Paradise Radio is back, and we're talking about information security, including lots and lots of tips on using password manager, how to prevent identity theft by using credit freezes, and how to have a information protection mindset to get over that I've got nothing to worry about because I've got nothing to hide mindset. We'll also include a downloadable sheet on the website that will guide you through all of the settings and the tips. That's next time on Thrive in the Future podcast.